All right, we are back live after hours, sports cards live after hours. Welcome back, everybody. Joining me, co hosting with me, hanging out with me is Joe Poirot, loyal viewer, lo- longtime listener, first time caller, I guess you could say. Um, so, Joe, it's the first time we've really met. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I want to say short notice, but. Uh, you know, this is, the, it's kind of fun to, to run the show this way. You know, after hours is meant to be chill, meant to be calm, meant to be uh, just hanging out, man. So what, what do you have to say? What's going on? What made you want to come on with me? Well, it's uh, just a pleasure to be here, Jeremy. And uh, yeah, I mean, I appreciate the show so much. So really just hearing the invitation and, and kind of assessing that, like, here I am as, as usual on a Saturday night, checking in to sports cards live. So yeah, I, uh, I, I, you know, synchronicity, I guess. Yeah, man, that's wicked. Um, and I, you know, again, back to where you live, uh, where, where are you again? I don't want, I'll let you say, I know where you are. I don't want to say where you live if you don't want to put it out there. Yeah. So I'm in uh, Northern California, Santa Cruz, uh, pleasure point actually, which is about a block from one of the better surf spots, uh, around these parts and uh, we do have a little swell in the water today so the boys were out there uh, getting some barrels and whatnot nice so I was telling you I was I'm like I love Santa Cruz I've been there in like 1997 I took a trip from I I was living in Winnipeg which is you know like north of North Dakota and I took (laughs) a drive I had to go uh, down to to Arizona down to Phoenix Arizona to see my brother and I'm like I'm gonna drive so I drove down Took, I took like a month-long trip, basically. It was in between uh, semesters, basically, in university. So I drove down there, and then I, I took the Pacific Coast Highway, basically up all the way up through California, uh, Oregon, Washington, up to Vancouver, met some friends there. I went, went to a rave in Vancouver. This is, again, this is 1997. And then we drove back to across the country to Winnipeg, and me and my buddy went to the a U2, the U2 Lemon Tour. Went to see U2 Live right after driving basically 24 hours from Vancouver to Winnipeg. But I loved Santa Cruz, man, because I met a real cute girl there, number one, at a hostel I stayed in. But uh, it was just such a relaxed place to be. I loved the just the energy there was amazing. And uh, it's funny, even just talking to you right now for the first time, you kind of give off that vibe, that just kind of relaxed, laid back kind of kind of vibe. So... Thanks for reminding me of, of that of that time. That was awesome. We've all had our youth hostel moments there, and uh, yeah, the, the the highway one is is very much a, a, a great thoroughfare for folks uh, going up and down the coast. And is this this brother you mentioned, Arizona? Is that occasionally you make reference to a, a card shipped to your brother or something along those yeah. lines? So I'm always like, oh, that's that's handy. I might need a brother in Canada. <laughs> that's exactly the that's exactly uh, what I'm talking about. Yeah, my uh, my brother was in Arizona back then, and so I was driving down to see him. And um, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's my U.S. mailing address, which comes in very handy. You know, when I have a uh, there's a stack right over my shoulder, right there. That's a stack of slabs that I'm. You know, I showed them on the after hour show I think last week but I'm keeping them out because I haven't processed them into my collection yet. I mean, you know, I haven't cleaned up the slabs, which I'm going to, I haven't scanned them and all that. Uh, and I, I want to, but I also think I want to make another sort of separate video, kind of like the one I put out today with the Beckon industry summit swag box. I want to do one with those show with those cards and just do a 
one card at a time, kind of show show the the, the viewers what I got from that. Uh, you know, saving up cards from for a few months from my U.S. mailing address. It's kind of interesting. So people are saying, yeah, you should do it. You should do that kind of video, a mail day video. So I will. I think it'll be fun. So I'll do one of those. But yes, that's him for sure. So there was a comment in the last show. I forget if it was you who put it in there. I just forget who put it in there. Some, something about grading. Someone wants to know something about PSA grading. So if that person is watching right now, please do put the question specifically that you want in the comments and uh, we'll, we'll respond to it. Um, I, I don't really, this is kind of fun. I, Joe, I happy to have you on, man. Fact of the matter is I don't know you. I know you from your name on the comments on, on sports cards live. Kind of like, and you know, we, I think we've gone back and forth on Instagram a few times. So it's not like, I, that's the beautiful thing about the hobby. And the beautiful thing about this time in the world is that we can, you know, make friends with people without ever hearing their voice without ever knowing what they look like except for the little the little icon that comes up in the comments and then here we are hanging out on screen doing a live show together um really without any warning you know you're you didn't shave your head like chris mcgill did for this you didn't or shave your beard you, know, you didn't shave for it but uh, he certainly did so um okay we got some comments coming in peter's put the question out there thank you peter so um, I want to know more about you, Joe. I really do. I want to know what you collect and all that. So we'll get there. Yeah, hang loose, brother. Hang loose for sure. So uh, Chris West back. Chris, great to see you. I've got some family in Santa Cruz, right? I bet they're laid back and cool like Joe is, right? Legion, welcome back, my man. Welcome back. Peter says, I wanted to know your grading process and expectations. Okay. Hmm. That's, a, that's a pretty general type of question. Um <clears throat> Just say hi to Hockey Hockey 99 again. Yeah, man. Good times, good times. Oh, here we go. Do you have a minimum threshold you will send out? Cards you are in a hurry to get or more send and forget with current wait times? Okay. Good question, Peter. So, Joe, you're going to hang tight for a minute and uh, let me... I'm, I'm, I'm riding shotgun. So, here we okay. go. Okay, man. Okay. Sounds good. So, Peter, I'll tell you what I how I approach grading because it's a little bit different than most people, I think. So, I've never sent cards to be graded, meaning I've never done a submission from my house, put them in the courier system or the postal system and sent them down to, you know, from Calgary where I am, which, you know, if you don't, if people don't know is north of uh, Montana, I've never, sorry, I'm just closing messages in my other, uh, in my other uh, screen here. Um, <clears throat> I've never sent them. I've only ever, submitted cards to Beckett and or PSA in person at a card show. And that's just the way I've done it, basically. I uh, I guess the only reason being is that it's cheaper. And and to answer one of the other questions, I'm not in a rush. Cards I've The only cards I've ever really gotten graded have been personal collection cards. So I've really, I'm happy to give them to PSA or Beckett in their slowest service because it's the cheapest and wait as long as it takes. So for example, in 2019, I submitted a couple hundred cards to PSA and I got them back in January of 2020. So that was a long wait. And to be honest with all you guys watching, I did a video, an unboxing kind of video of that, but it's, it's just sitting on my phone. It's never gone out there and I still have the footage so I could share it eventually, but that's what I've done. That's been my approach. So I'm not, these wait times, they don't, they don't phase me at all. If I have cards that I want to send to PSA to get graded, 
you know, I don't care if they take a year to get, I can't, let's, let me rephrase it. I'm not that bothered. I'd rather have them back in a month, but if it takes a year to get back to me, I'm not going to start bitching and complaining about it. It, it. it is what it is. If I'm going to send them in, I'm going to go in with that expectation. So my expectations can't really be um, mismanaged because I'm going to go in with that expectation. It's going to take a long time, but I'm pretty patient when it comes to grading my, my PC cards. If I wanted to get cards graded because I want to flip them quickly, I think it's impossible because they take too long. And uh, and with the, the rate of change in values of cards right now, it's too risky. I believe it's too risky to do that. So, I mean, Peter, I don't know if that totally answers your question, but I think it my my approach is one where these these wait times don't affect me personally in the hobby. Um, I will wait until I go to another national, which will hopefully be July, August of 2021. I will take a crap ton of cards down with me and I will leave them all with Beckett and PSA. I'll decide who's getting what. Maybe SGC, maybe CSG at that time. We'll see. See how things shape out between now and then. And I will um, wait patiently for the cards to come back. Simple as that. Joe, what do you think? I mean, uh, how do you do you do grading? What can you add anything to that sort of uh, chit chat? Well, it brings to mind uh, Jeff mentioning the whole phenomenon of you know uh, kind of computerized grading and and that that sort of desire that we have for kind of the immediate gratification and whether that's even possible. I was re reflecting on the show that you had him on a few weeks back. Um, myself, right now, I'm not grading. Um, I will buy graded cards and I will buy raw cards. Um, I did grading with uh, BGS and BVG back in the early 2000s quite a bit. Um, and it's just right now, it's just the, the time and the mental distraction of the turnaround process. I'm, I know I could, there's moments where I could definitely increase value and whatnot. And it's just, I tuck those cards away. Um, the, the few like that, you know, perfectly centered Zion silver, I tuck it away, but I, I just right now, because of my professional world, I don't have the, the, the bandwidth to really dial in the, the grading process, but clearly, you know, with, with the, uh, the log jam, um, going on, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, taking some time and kind of seeing how things develop. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, yeah, like if you're, you know, the Zion example and cards like that, like if you're keeping the Zion forever and you're going to eventually get it graded, then what's the rush? That's my personal approach with my PC cards that I buy raw. I would stay away from buying card raw cards on eBay with the intention of getting them graded right now. Uh, however, maybe not. I mean, maybe just stockpile because even for my, personal collection so I, that, when i said that i meant in terms of cards you're buying to flip or you know investment pieces one within less than a year type of hold cards but like i've got a box of 300 cards that i bought for my personal collection with the intention of grading and i still want to do it um i hope the pricing doesn't get out of hand i'm willing to to do it under the most uh the cheapest service point in terms of time and i i hope i i hope that it's not gonna be because a lot of these cards some of them are cards i, I paid like 30 dollars or less for but i still want them in my collection and i want them uniform with the other cards in my pc so i want them graded but again i'm willing to wait a very long time to do that so i see a comment here um from peter okay back from peter says 
you know, I'm not interested in sending them off and waiting six plus months to get them back. But man, when I see a Bergeron Young Guns at 150 to 180 and a PSA 10 at 800 plus, yeah, I hear you, Peter. So if you're looking to sell that PSA 10, then yeah, unfortunately, you either got to send it off and pay like $200 to get it turned around right away or just wait. Wait, if you're keeping it for a long term, it doesn't matter if you get it graded this year or next year. You just got to be able to be patient like that, which I am, thankfully for myself. Hopefully you can be too. I think that's my thought on that. I would add too, just I think there's different beyond the flip. There's other reasons to grade cards, the slab, the protection, the um, sort of uh, memorialization in your in your PC. Um Kyle at Wax Museum uh, did a did a show where he you know he's he's a, a raw card kind of guy but he did a little SGC experiment and he kind of did five different uh, cards with each a different sort of purpose behind the grading process. One was like a I think it was a Dr. J rookie with like a a mark on it, but he just wanted that thing graded, you know, and kind of like captured in time as like hey Dr. J rookie card. And, uh, and it looks good. You know, the SGC slabs are interesting to me. You know, I, I, I like the, the new, not so much the label, but the, you know, they talk about the tuxedo look, you know, kind of the black and, and, and what that can bring out in certain cards. Sometimes PSA, the red works well. Um, and then the, the BVG or BGS, I think every card, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, focused on one particular grading company. I'm, I'm kind of universal. Um, whatever whatever comes up and whatever looks well with um, the aesthetics of the card. That's a re- I, I really like that approach, Joe. That you know you'll you know if it looks if the if that specific card looks better in PSA versus BGS or BBG versus SGC, that's a cool approach. Where I'm more of like I like uniformity, so I've always been a PSA guy going back in time. Yeah. But I've I'm now open to more because. You see a card on eBay, it's a BGS 9.5, and you want that card because it's rare, you buy it. Well, now I'm not going to go switch all my other cards to BGS, and I'm not only going to buy BGS in the future, but I'm going to buy more and more of them. And I'm so I'm 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 going away from the uniformity, uh, which was a big kind of a, a must-have for me in the past, but there's just too many great cards out there. So I'm kind of with you on that. And as far as other reasons to grade, you mentioned, you know protecting the card is is one there's other things you can protect them in in the interim until you get it graded but the other one is insurance purposes mm-hmm. and really the serial number kind of the the unique identifier that's all helpful too for various reasons so i could see reasons why you might need your cards graded faster especially if insuring them soon is of the utmost importance because they're so valuable and you want to make sure that you're not if something you know tragic happens to your collection you're not going to be caught in a position where you just lose out on all that. So there are other reasons to do it. But if you can, if, if there's no reason to get it done quickly and you can afford to be patient, then I think wait, wait out this time because the grading companies will eventually catch up. They'll hire more graders, they'll get through their backlog and they will get more, they will get to back to business as usual, but it could take time. It could take another year before we see that. So that's just what we're in. Jump in. Could I, could I ask you, I mean, um, you know, back in the early 2000s when I was grading with BGS and then also buying on eBay back then, it was always the case that the BGS cards were cheaper than the PSA. And I was kind of stubborn. So I would go after the BVG BGS because I was like, I want the card, not the case. And, um, you know, now I kind of regret that because the PSA values have over time certainly, 
you know, kind of shown to be the, the, the higher level investment or the more attractive to collectors, um, maybe because of, of just what you're saying, you know, people, they, they, they associate their collection as being a PSA collection and they got to have PSA. Um, but one curiosity I have is I, I have heard this from a few different sources that, um, people, uh, are, are sort of feeling like PSA upped the level of, um, sort of, uh, the, the strident grading. Do you, do you, have you noticed that at all? Has in your, in your estimation, has PSA's standards gone up a little to the point where like what was a seven is now a six or something like that? Yeah. I mean, man, there's been so many periods over the past, you know, 20 years where I've heard stories like that. I remember in, I think it was the early 2010s apparently they there was this new vp brought in and 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 it was a a woman and she was saying we got to get harder on the grading and grading got tougher then and then it seems to get easier but then you see you see cards that are clearly off centered and they're in psa 10 holders and it's like that to me you know maybe shouldn't be a psa 10 but it might be within within the 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 standard you know the standard of a psa 10 isn't that it's flawless that's that's not what a psa 10 is it just isn't it, you know, it can have a flaw or two or three. So, um, but, but to the question more on point, I mean, I'm not sure if it's gotten tough. I've heard they got tougher. I've heard they got weaker. It just depends who's looking at the cards on that day. So I, but what I do think, you know, and there's so many people, there's so many comments all over the place. This company sucks. That company sucks. It's, it depends what grader you're getting on what day. It depends if the graders in a good mood or a bad mood. That's that's the arena we're playing in. These are human beings and grading is a lot of it is subjective. Like it shouldn't be subjective because there are standards that they're meant to to adhere to in terms of what is allowed. But I think a lot of it is subjective. And I think that they are rushing. They they have to rush. They're so backlogged that I think they're taking time. They're taking a, less time to grade our cards than they probably should. And because of that, perhaps they're missing and I'm speculating here, perhaps they're missing things or they're looking too fast or their eyes are going buggy after grading cards for a seven, seven hours out and in, into an eight hour shift. And maybe they're not, they're not seeing the width of the borders as clearly as they should. Maybe they're not pulling out their ruler for every card as maybe they should. No, but legit, like the measuring tool to get into the real, you know, real small, you know, whatever they are, whatever smaller than a millimeter to see yeah. the cards off centered, right? Is it like you hear people say, oh, it's 60, 40 or it's 55, 45. Well, come on, you're guessing. You're not pulling out your micrometer to to measure that. So and I just made up micrometer. I don't even know if there's such a thing, but <laughs> so, okay, let's see what else we have in the comments, but good question. I mean, fun to talk about. And, you know, these are quite the comments that come in and after hours. Well, both shows actually are are kind of unsolicited and I don't really know what to expect. So I find oftentimes, Joe, what happens is I do a show and then I'm like, man, I wish I would have said this because that would have added value and I didn't. And then, you know, it happens to me all the time. Well, I like I like feeling your liberation after the more formal show just to kind of let loose, let, you know, know. Uh, be, be a little more off the cuff. So, uh, yeah, let's go with it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's this is relax, and that was relaxing with Chris because it was kind of unplanned. I didn't have a, a a comprehensive set of notes like I usually do. But let's see what uh, who else we have here. I want to say hi to everybody. Um, 
Ah, Facebook user. I wish I knew who you were. I'm sure I know you. The Giant Lemon Tour. You were in Edmonton with Fun Loving Criminals opening, right? Yes. Man, <laughs> good times. Those are like, we talk about the hobbies all about reminiscing. You take me back to the summer of 97. That was a critical summer in my life. A, a great summer. All-time greats blog. Welcome, welcome. Foul Fieball. Good to see you again. You live off the, the Pacific Coast Highway, but in Southern California. Very cool. Good to see you again, Paul. Colin, good to see you again. Sending in can go bad as you... Oh, yeah. Colin sent in some cards the other day, and he, uh, he got them back, and it literally looked like a truck was driven over the slabs, and it was. There, there were tire marks on his slabs. He couple couple went bad, fewer than he thought originally. Felt so bad for you the other day, Colin, when you, when you sent me those pictures. Holy crap, man. So I hope that works out for you. PSA is an hour drive from me. That sounds like heaven to me where you could just drop off your cards in person and pick them up when they're ready no matter how long it takes where i am it's just you know i can't even cross border into the united states right now global sports card investor my approach from an international point of view is to grade for the next season smart yeah plan ahead peter perfect you're not oh we already got to that one thank you uh name of indigenous rookie cards joe hey, shout Great out see yeah there you go there you go Legion says, I used to, and, and hello name, hello name. Good to see you, my man. Legion says, I used to do quality control for high-tech manufacturing. So seeing defects was my business. I submitted 10 cards to PSA, all came back 10s. You just have to have an eye for things. I think that's, I think that's something that is underappreciated by hobbyists. We think, you said, you think a card out of the pack is a 10. It isn't, right? Very rarely is a card out of the pack a 10, but you have to look at your card. And I showed it in the last episode. For modern cards, surface issues, other than dimples in some of these prisms, which it can be a problem, or or lot, print lines, those really thin lines that go through cards. Mosaic. If, if you see them, don't send them in. On vintage, you have to watch for bends and creases and uh, wrinkles. You have to watch for these things. And the best way, I showed it earlier, I'll show it again. When you're looking at a card, you need light. You need light. And you don't want to put the light head on like this that's not going to show you much it's just going to show you a specific part but you have to do it like this you have to look at the card under light like this so because if you do this you're going to cast a shadow the wrinkle will cast a shadow below so this is how the pros do it this is and i i didn't make this up i'm only going by what i've what i've seen what i'm emulating from some of the experts i've seen vintage especially that's how you do it so you have to really examine your cards before you send them and i'll admit it I've sent in a lot of cards that I haven't cleaned before. By cleaning, I mean, you know, with a microfiber cloth and getting rid of fingerprints, especially. Um, I haven't done that enough. I've probably got some sevens that would be eights and eights would be nines and nines that would be tens if I had done that. So, but uh, good to know, Legion, that if you examine your cards close enough, you should have a better gem rate or mint rate type of thing. Legion, great to see you. Name, hope you're doing well. Yes, and name is doing great. Thank you. Chris West, can only imagine the volume of and of logjam these grading companies have. Yeah, man, people have sent in so many cards lately. The backlog must just be huge for sure, for sure. And, you know, but I, I want to shout out ComC as well, just because another company that is getting a lot of, I, I'm seeing some, just some negative comments about about uh, about it and to me it's like we have to cut some slack to every service provider out there right now because of the just what's going on in the world 
we we do we do i think we should just cut some slack to all of them psa bgs ComC, sgc any of these companies that are slow let's just cut them a little more slack than we have been that's just my personal position on it so take it for what it's worth Paul Cashman, pro set cards. See them on, on eBay. Yes, pro set cards. I love the Stanley Cup hologram, though. To me, that's a very important card in the hobby, in the hockey niche, at least. My good man, Darcy, I'm wondering what the next step in evolution of hockey cards will be. The company should look more at what the collectors think. We are the hobby as collectors. Yeah, for sure. But with that, Let's if we're going to come with kind of requests, let's come with solutions, I think, because these guys are just human like 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 we are. And Darcy, Darcy's one of my best friends. Like we know we go back 15 years in the hobby, uh, setting up a shows together, all that. And I think that, you know, we are Darcy. We know the guys at Upper Deck. We could we could tweet them. We could text them, call them and say, hey, here's an idea. Because they need ideas and they want our ideas. They want to satisfy us. So I think as much as we want them to um, to continue to, uh, what's the word? Oh, man. Um, innovate. Thank you. As much as we want them to innovate, uh, maybe let, let's give them some suggestions on what to do. Because I think a lot of the companies, you know, I'll speak to Upper Deck on this because, you know, my hockey uh, kind of angle is that, a you know, they do innovate. They come out with new concepts every year but they still get kind of crapped on for not coming up with new things. And then people blame the lack of, of competition because of the, the monopoly and the exclusive license. But I, I think I want to give Upper Deck a bit of credit in that, not even a bit, a lot of credit that they've in the cup every year, there's a new insert, whether it's autographed tickets, they did the tickets the one year, the monumental patches. I mean, those were innovative in their, in their time. What's, what's next in the evolution dart. It's such a great question because what is it? Is it, dna card is it hair is it we talked about ice you know melted melted like the water from ice and upper decks legal team looked at it and they said we can't do that if a kid drinks that ice and it's got bacteria in it and the kid gets sick or the person gets sick well then we're gonna have a liability on our hands so some things are just impossible for them to do i don't know what's next i, I hope it's not bigger booklets because i'm not a fan of booklets aside from monumentals i'm not a fan of booklets but anyway my thought sure. on that, Jared, yeah, is, please. I mean, I think there's a creative tension between innovation and um, tradition, if you will. I mean, the, the, these sets have an association, and so you can you can stray a little bit off of you know the prototype, if you will. But other, you know, like if we're talking about a prism model, there's a prism look, there's a prism aesthetic, there's you know something that people are expecting when they understand a prism. Now that's, you know, that's not going to get us out of like Panini using images for three, four or five different um, releases like the, the clearly Donruss, I guess that, you know, has come up a little bit like how much, how much, how many new photos are there? But yeah, I mean, it depends, I guess, on what you're talking about in terms of innovation. But I, I think there is something to be said for sticking with a brand and or a, a look or an aesthetic and, and kind of staying somewhat true to that. Yeah, so last night on Carlos's channel with Carvin, they talked a lot about that, about how, you know, Upper Deck puts out um, SP Authentic every year, and it's always got that kind of white motif look to it, a very clean card. And, you know, people might say, hey, change it up. But, you know, you got a lot of loyal collectors that build that set every year with the Future Watch autographs and the base set. 
and some of the inserts. And they don't want that changed because that's what they collect. I remember when Black Diamond format was completely changed, those Black Diamond collectors were very upset. And my response to them was, sorry, but time to find something else, you know? <laughs> I, but at the same time, it's like, I feel for you, though. I, I feel for you because this was your annual project and now it's just taken away. You can't collect that set anymore under this under the old format. I understand the pain, but now once the you know gotta go through those the five the five phases of acceptance or whatever, you know, those, those you gotta go through that process, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, of agree. Once you accept that they're not making that product in that format anymore, now you gotta move on and find the next thing. Cause that's the beautiful thing about this hobby is there's always other things and you will find there's so much, uh, so many things to choose from. You'll find something else out there that you like. And if you don't, maybe that's a sign to quit. And I don't want to ever send anyone away from the hobby, but listen, I'd rather have you gone than have you in, in the hobby and complaining all the time and making your, you know, airing, airing your dirty laundry on forums and Instagram and Facebook, just cause you're pissed off. Like, you know what, maybe it's time to go if that's the case. But again, I don't want to send anyone away from the hobby. But if you, if you don't want to be here, then I think you can kind of figure that out. <laughs> All right. I don't know. So, like, hey, man, we're freestyling here. So I might say something I regret. You never know. Well, everybody's everyone's got free will. And and uh, if if you're, you know, it's it's about enjoyment. It's about, um, you know, bringing in uh, hopefully uh, some some fulfillment to your to your life so yeah by all means and and maybe an option at that point too is going backwards right i mean when we're talking about releases that's that's the territory ahead there's always nooks and crannies in the past and and kind of exploring what you may have missed or not looked i loved uh chris was mentioning the record collections i was kind of like going back into that jordan one i really want that card that's such a sweet you know it's like the rec the the old vinyl with Jordan look and then uh, then you guys got on the Gretzky uh, the Gretzky rookie and I still I'm not a, a hockey card collector but I I I want a, a an Opeachy not a tops an Opeachy Gretzky rookie I think I'm looking in the one to three range you know PSA one there was a one point five that kind of caught my attention um, so anyway yeah there's yeah. you know you know what the past. <laughs> yeah. And, and and speaking of the Gretzky 1.5, you can find some really nice 1.1s, Gretzky 1s and 2s. You can find some horribly ugly ones that have been literally rolled up and then flattened out again, but you can yeah. find some that are, there's an, a big issue on the back maybe, or there's a crease through it, but overall it looks nice. You can still get those for sure. Okay. Hockey Hockey says, in theory, there shouldn't be a difference between an SGC 10 and a PSA 10 in market price. SGC is apparently a tougher grader. Well, I disagree with this comment, Hockey Hockey. And the reason I disagree is because, <clears throat> is because, well, I guess it, it ignores brand and brand is important in every industry and every product out there. I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's just what comes to mind. It's like saying there shouldn't be a difference in price between a Corvette and a Trans Am. They both go, they can both drive 200 miles an hour and they both seat four people and they both have autom they're both automatic and they both have power windows, but they look different. They have a different brand. They had different creators. Like there's differences there. So, you know, but I, I do understand what you're saying though. You're saying a 10 should be a 10, but Unfortunately, that's just not the way the world works. It's just not the way the hobby works. And, you know, it, it's the other difference is all three grading, all three major companies have different point scales. They have different grading scales. So I don't agree with that. 
completely, but I hear where you're coming from. So at, le at least understand that I do hear where you're coming from. In, and I even hear, maybe in theory, but practically speaking and practically is pra pra pragmatic, prag pragmaticus, pragmaticism? Pragmatically. Pragmatic, yeah, pragmatically it just doesn't make sense. It's not the way it works, but I hear you. And, and as, as a collector too, Jer, I'm like, uh, I, I feel like especially because SGC had that window where PSA was closed down more recently, like I'm just thinking about the pragmatic aspects of getting it graded and, and getting it through the PSA system. And yeah, uh, different cards, different graders, different day, who knows, buy the card, not the case, but um, you throw in things like registries, you throw in people that have, a, a, you know, a a sort of collecting style and or this is what I collect. And the fact of the matter is there's a heck of a lot more PSA folks than there are SGC folks. So for now, you know. Supply and demand. And PSA's set registry creates a lot of demand for their slab. So another sort of reason why there should be a difference and there is a difference in price, simple supply and demand, right? You take those cards out of the holders now you have an argument that they should sell for the same price if they're the same cards. Another thing we have to mention is that not all PSA 10s are the same quality of 10. Not all nine. There's strong nines and weak nines. And you can say that for any grade point along the way. So, okay. But great, great comment. Still Hockey 99. I appreciate it. Colin, sending in high value cards with the express service is $75. And if a PSA slab is going to increase the value a big amount, then take advantage of that service. In six months, value can go down. Good point, right? If you if it's a card you're looking to move quickly, then you you should pay that higher value, and that's why they eliminated the middle grade point, the uh, service level, and uh, increased the price of the others. That might have been Beckett, but I think they both have done some price adjustments lately. I bought PSA tens where there were dinged edges. Yeah, again, you can have the odd flaw in a PSA ten. It's not it's not a flawless card. I think the closest we get to flawless cards are the BGS 10 uh, black labels and, and the SGC gold 10s, which I've never seen one like in hand or anything, but I think those are meant to maybe be flawless, but they don't say flawless and they're called pristine. If someone wanted to take the next step, a card company, and it'd be risky because if you ever put a card in a, in a flawless holder, call it a PSA 11 or something like that, or a, or a BGS 10.5, uh, you know, again, they're, they're, that could be an idea. Colin says, I think the I think the standard has dropped based on my last four subs. Okay, so he's talking about the the, the grading standards for PSA. Huh. If there is a spinal tap card, they need to get one a PSA 11. <laughs> Chris always has interesting comments. Thank you, Chris. Legion says, GTS showed the, the Opichi and Topps Gretzky 10 rookies up for auction side by side, and there was a definite difference in quality between the two. Yeah. The, the Opichi PSA, there's two of them. One of them is the first one graded, and then there's the second one graded. The first one graded is known as being off-center. Is it a 10? Probably. I Probably still a 10. Are there PSA 9s that are nicer? Probably. And should some of those PSA 9s be 10s? Probably. Why aren't they? Because there's subjectivity involved. And there's maybe some politics involved as well. I'm just speculating, 100% speculation. Chris says, great point. So AI grading is not a question of if, but when. Again, this is where my my kind of viewpoint differs from many. I don't think we're ever going to see it. I know Jeff Wilson from Sports Card Investor has a vision of being able to go into a sports card store, 
give them your card. They put it in a machine and five minutes later it pops out with a slab and a grade. <clears throat> I mean, that is Nirvana. Is it going to happen? I don't think so. Um, and he says he's not the guy to do it. Uh, I don't think, I don't think it's possible. Just my own, just on, based on having Karn on my episode, when he commissioned the study, we, we talked about that and these PhD students determined you, it really wasn't possible. Never say never. What I would like to see is a hybrid. I mean, I'd like to see maybe a pre-grade from something AI and then the human eyes with the information that the pre-grade has had. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. Cause I, fundamentally don't want to turn everything over to a computerized system who's enjoying cards human beings human eyes so you know connecting that and 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 so i'm allowing for the fact that yeah probably some computer reckoning would be good for things like centering for noticing a small dimple like sure and then get that data to the human and let the human do a more um, rapid reading of the card and that might help the whole process. I love that idea, man. I've never thought of it. I love the idea of let the machine grade certain criteria of the card, but let the human then verify. Yeah. You know, centering is really tough to, to figure out on some cards that don't have borders. So is that gonna be computer or human? Well, maybe when you put the card in the machine, you select the criteria you want it to grade based on the brand or the, you know, based on the brand. And then the human finishes the job. Yep. That could be something still going to take some massive, uh, you know, capital investment by one, by one or many of these companies. And hopefully they're looking at it, but anyway, really great thought, Joe. I, I love that idea. I never thought of it. Uh, Sean says star stocks, Scott Greenberg was saying that they have intentions of offering a service to send cards directly to PSA and receive back maybe 2021. Great. If you're a star stock user, that's uh, yeah. I, and I saw him on the channel on the, uh, another channel on Wednesday and I thought, uh, yeah, why not? I mean, ComC does did that with Beckett for a while. I don't know if they still do or not. Chris says there's a tool like that. Jeremy micrometers are used to measure thickness source, son of a machinist. Yeah. Ah, a micrometer. I think I said that. So I was actually right. Wow. That must, uh, <laughs> look at that. Make, making up words and they actually mean what I thought they should mean. Cool. I must've heard it sometime in the past. Oh, I appreciate that, Paul. Who is, who is the anonymous Facebook user? There's another one down here. I see that says, hi, Jeremy, but we're not down there yet. You'd need calipers to measure the centering unless you want to put a ruler directly on the card. Okay. I mean, I think I think there's ways around that, but uh, who knows? PSA is like a 30-minute drive for me, but I don't think they allow local drop-offs. Yeah, well, <laughs> you could probably figure out some way to get them in there. Legion. Oh, we're laughing. With Legion's comment, my favorite PSA reveal. The YouTuber was lamenting sixes and sevens on 1980s baseball. Joe Orlando popped in the comments mentioning getting a better eye for cards. You could see they were off-centered in the video. That's great when... Joe Orlando comes in and basically says, Hey, you're not, you're not looking straight, pal. Yeah. <laughs> hockey, hockey, 99, hard to scale up in a pandemic when you can't do the job from home. Yeah. I mean, and hiring people is tough and they're trying to. Yep. ComC can only pack orders so fast unless people want stuff packed in correctly. Hmm. Yep. Still waiting for the tooth relic. There's some uh, innovation, the tooth relic. Yeah. And I wonder if, you know, bacteria and degeneration and all that stuff. Booklets are puke. Yeah, I don't. I like some of them are beautiful, uh, but some of them I just like. When you got 
20 guys on a card or eight jersey pieces. They just don't appeal to me. Peter Chow, honestly, the only thing I want from a grading company is consistent grading with tight and public parameters for each grade. Yes, and a quality slab and a card that doesn't move around too much and a, and a flip that doesn't fall out of place like you see on some Beckett holders and almost all KSA holders. KSA is a Canadian grading company that, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Ha. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Facebook user. I'm sure I know you, but I just don't know who you are right now. Legion, haha, the spinal tap grade. I see, I'm not even sure what that refers to, but I don't know all the inside jokes in the, in the hobby. 3D scan, the card could help the grading process. Yeah, it could. It could. Playoff beard cards. They've already done hair cards of famous people. Yeah, that that's one I could see. It's hard to think of hair doing any damage to anybody physically. Uh, we've seen it in terms of like, you know, um, I think they did a hair card of like Abraham Lincoln way back in the day or something like that. Gareth Miller, welcome, says, pretty sure there was, is a fake Joe Orlando account on YouTube that is a smart ass to people and people get mad that he's trolling them. <laughs> oh gosh. If that's the case, then yeah, Joe could be getting a, um, you know, an, a, a bad rap that he doesn't deserve from that perspective, at least. Cool. All right. We're at the bottom of the comments. That's fun. Man, what else do you want to talk about, Joe? Well, well I love that. I like that Josh Allen uh, card you broke out, and and it it kind of made me think a little bit um, about your your shield collection. And I'm not a hockey collector, but like your shield collection is strong. I mean, that's uh, and it's an element of of hockey card collecting that I think, as mostly these days a basketball collector, I'm like I guess the closest corollary is the the logo man, you know, the NBA logo man, but. What I like about the shields is they seem a little more diverse. The logo man is just, you know, that classic Jerry West, red, white, and blue thing. The shields get a little more um, idiosyncratic, probably, I guess, depending on the teams and their colors. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So two things. Um, you can shields will differ in color based on what year the jersey's from. The jerseys change, whether it's Nike, Adidas. Um, and then you can sometimes get the, jer the you know, the, the shield sits on, on the, the color of the jersey so you can get an orange background a white or a black background or other colors as well so those brighten them up but i don't have a shield collection that's the only thing i don't know if your commute can oh i'm thinking about your guest who is the guest that had uh oh, the, the the ridiculous um i'm 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 blanking on the name you don't have a shield collection i don't have a shield collection um, the shield... i think and i was kind of like struck by was it the yeah. guy had the fire and he had to like escape like all his cards no that you're that was sean chalk who's the gretzky collector okay. um the shield collection there, there there's there's a i've never i don't i had a guy i had the guys on that had the monumental collection okay they were on the wall behind them the brothers the brothers yep yeah yep. okay that, yeah that might be you're thinking about but no i don't have a shield collection i'm not a huge fan of shields i i i you know they're cool. I don't have a single shield in my collection. I, right? I've had one or two in my inventory over the years, but um, I much prefer, like I would way prefer this to, to a, say a shield card. Cause there's colors, you know, the shield, the NHL shield doesn't turn me on at all. This, okay. turn, this turns me on, you know, from a card perspective, this is, do you this, have, are there any patches that aren't shields that, that are specifically so, hockey jersey? 
I have a one of one emblem collection. That might be what you're thinking of. I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was you. So maybe it was the emblems. And so those are just maybe connected to the, the mascot or whatnot. Yeah, this fits into my collection because of those emblems yep. I have, which this would fit right into that collection. And yeah, that, someone made the comment to me on Instagram that, hey, that's perfect for you. It's a perfect card for you because you have all those uh, all those um, emblem cards. One day I'll do a video and just show some PC stuff and kind of a non-live, I think. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see. We have some new comments that have come in. Uh, Chris, yeah, Spinal. I know who Spinal Tap is. I just, oh, and their amps don't go to 10, they go to 11. Thank you, Chris. Okay, I'm in, I'm in the know now. I'm in the know. Question for Joe from Sean Rob. Do you spend a lot on grading relative to your purchases of raw cards? Again, um, I'm not grading these days and uh, I'm, I'm more interested in graded cards in general. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty eclectic in my, in my tastes. I do, you know, pre-war baseball. I do modern basketball. I do, you know, the, the, the classic uh, baseball, you know, 50s. I'm, I'm pretty interested in right now, Satchel Page, Larry Doby, um, Jackie Robinson. That's kind of a, a spirit. So not so much grading, no. Um, more more uh, thinking about whether I'm willing to take a risk on a raw card or if I need it graded. And, and that has, there's a lot of factors involved in that. Cool, man. I love when you just mentioned the Satchel Page, Jackie Robinson, Larry Doby. I mean, I'm a I'm a Hall of Fame rookie collector, and uh, I don't have the Larry Doby, but I have the other two guys. And um, but I remember looking at Larry Doby's. I, I'm no longer pursuing that broad of a Hall of Fame rookie collection. So a lot of the lesser knowns, like a Larry Doby, I'm just it's not on my want list anymore. But it was at one time. So, and he's not a guy that I even would have heard of if he wasn't a baseball hall of famer, but um, nice to hear that. And how can you not want a Jackie Robinson rookie card? I mean, so important outside of sports, just. Uh, yeah. That, that leaf set, um, I think it's 49 leaf. Um, and there's, there's a, there's a Jackie, there's a satchel and the satchel I, I think is a short print and it's uh it's a hard card to find for, you know, any, any less than five figures. I mean, you're look you're looking in the ten and up, and then there's the Larry Doby, and and that's the card that feels a little more reasonable to me right now. So that's kind of what I've been looking for. And again, you know, getting back to that scarcity thing that we were talking about earlier with Chris, it's like there's there's only so many of those um, around and available and coming up. So yeah, keeping an eye out. Yeah, the fort. It's the forty eight leaf. Like 48 this card that's the 48 leaf jacket. Oh, look at that. Whoa, whoa. Grail there. This, this is my favorite card in the set. I mean, I love the Jackie more for the player, but the I love this orange. I love the Warren Spawn card, man. This is yeah. the just color the beauty. Creation deep, just like like whoa, fresh paint. <laughs> yeah, man. It's I, I picked up that card. I I bought the card. I looked at many before I found one that I wanted because the Warren Spawn card is notorious for being for having horrible registration and very very blurry as is the jackie robinson what do you got here the, the, well this is a reprint um yeah the card i would like to own and you know unfortunately i don't have like 29k lying around but it's 
it's a beautiful satchel page. And then I have, I have, uh, I have this legit, this is also uh, a knockoff. I think it's actually, it's like some, some sanctioned knockoff, but I, I got that in the safety deposit box. Um, you know, I, I'm yeah. a little bit careful, a little, maybe even paranoid of, of certain cards, just being in a safe place. <laughs> I, oh, I, I hear that, man. As far as Satchel Page goes, so I have the 49 Bowman in my collection. Yeah, I love that card. Is that a four or five? It's a five. It's a five. A five. Yeah. I remember when you, you pulled that out. And I mean, the blue on that, the aqua and uh, just it's yeah. It's a, such a, a great card. But the uh, it's the leaf card that you showed the reprint of that is the more valuable one. Like a three just went for like 18 grand or something I saw. So I love this old this. So the old baseball man, someone said Roy Campanella. Yep, there's my camp again. Another card I waited for a nice centered seven. This is a seven. I, I bought this years ago, but I waited for a really nice copy. I just and, love it. I love uh, it. I like this is this is what baseball cards were in the 40s. Like amazing. So, so talk about like you know the 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 recent boom in uh in in our bubble time with the modern cards, and then you kind of start to do the the back and forth between wait you know i could get a i could get a you know a satchel page you know maybe a two or something for the same price i could get like a a a luca you know optic or something and it's like okay well i mean i i love luca and i think luca's gonna do amazing things but i mean you got history over here and then you got and it, it's not there's no right or wrong it's just kind of evaluating your own sensibilities of like what do I really want to have in my collection? <laughs> Man, I mean, so, you know, I'm with you. Like, I would never spend 15000 plus on on a on a, a Luca or a Zion or um, any of these young guys uh, because they just, they could easily get hurt and their career could be over tomorrow. It, it happens. It happens more than, we, than we'd like. Um, so I would never do that. I would much rather put it in the, in, in the older player, but do I want to go back as far as the forties, like only for the absolute like legends, the icons, the Jackie Robinsons, because a lot of these other guys like Larry Dobies, no one's going to care about Larry Doby in 50 years. I don't think anyone's going to care about Larry Doby in 50 years. It's Jackie funny. Robinson will always be cared about. Right. Right. You know, and I, it's funny you say that because uh, Chris was on. It reminded me of a crossover show, maybe like three or four weeks back, and I I threw something into the chat as as you know Josh and Chris were going back and forth, and it was about um, Eddie Plank. I don't know if you are familiar with you know the the Hall of Famer Eddie Plank, but I mean he has like some some really important cards in the the, the pre war world, and I I asked something along the lines of you know it makes me wonder, you know, will people, you know, want to collect, will they want to drop, you know, five, 10 K on Eddie Plank in 20, 30, 40 years. And, and uh, I think, it, I think it was Josh kind of just said, Eddie Plank, I don't even know who Eddie Plank is, <laughs> you know, like, and, right. and so I think that's to your point, right? There's icons, there's the, the, the upper level stratosphere of the names that will never, and then there's the next tier. And, I'd like to think as a collector that that next tier will, will, will kind of continue to have a following, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure it will. And I, and it, and it probably won't be spiking. I don't think it will. That's why. So back to the Eddie Plank, you know, I, I believe he's got a very rare card in the T206 series. Yep. So I would say 
Well, I don't think people are going to remember Eddie Plank, but are they going to remember Ty Cobb? Ty Cobb, to me, is an all-time well-known. He'll always be talked about till the end of time. Right. I don't think Eddie Plank will be. So, you know, again, I would be more interested in Jackie Robinson than Larry Doby. I'd be more interested in, in, in Ty Cobb than Eddie Plank, right? Like, that's yeah. right. It's from an in, a long-term investment perspective. Yep. Yeah, that's where I fall. Let's get to some comments here, but good, good line of discussion. Enjoy that. Uh, Global Sports Card Investor says, ship my cards, have an absolutely awesome service. They are going under the radar. I use them as my shipping grading, PWCC consignments, and so much more. Absolutely first class. Yeah, I've heard of them and um, some, a company that I should use more for sure. Paul Cashman says, shields are kind of boring. I agree. And they're either like they're black and white or they're, they're some, there's some that are orange and black or they're silver and black. I just, I mean, gosh, I, 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 I don't, I don't have any desire to own a shield. I, I personally just do not. Same thing goes for logo. Uh, yeah. And Paul says ditto with logo men. Same for me. The logo man to me is not a good looking card. I'd rather have a limited logos with a unique swatch in it and some, various colors moving around that is unique just me dexflow asks jeremy do you ever do inventory on your pc and what the total value of it is dex man i, I mean i've tried i've tried and um prices move so fast and uh, i add cards so often and i'm trying to get an idea you know i use card ladder for my personal collection and i only i think i have 71 cards logged in card ladder I probably have three more than 3000 in my personal collection. I'll never, I don't think I'll ever know. I don't think I'll ever know what my collection is worth. I think I just have to come and be okay with that, with the fact that I'll never know what my collection is worth, but it's, it's, it's got value. There's, it's got value. There's no doubt about it. Well, and I've, I've really appreciated hearing you reflect on um, not only sort of the, the strategies you have about bringing the card into your collection, but also, I think you mentioned in some show or another, like letting it linger on the desk for, you know, a week or two so you can appreciate it right before you really put it into wherever it's like resting places. Not that you can't pull it out from time to time when you want to see it, but there's there's sort of a, a courtship when you get that card in from the mail that you want to like experience. And that's that's part of the joy, right? Like what what are we what are we doing this for if not to kind of commune with, with that piece that, you know, took a while to track down, you know, took a while to get through to the mail, obviously took resources to, to, um, you know, acquire. So anyway, I, I love that part. Um, when you reflect those, those moments, Jer, in, in your, in your show, and it's like, it kind of reminds me to do that too. And I, I appreciate that. Oh man. Well, you're welcome. And thanks for, for picking up on that. And yeah, it's the, I call it processing the card into the collection. It's a it's a process, and it's part of the uh, the hobby experience. And it start you know when the first the, the first for e each card ha each card goes through the process, and the, the the time zero of that process is the first time you see it, whether it's in an eBay search or at a card show or in a card shop, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. When you first see that card and decide you're going to pursue it. That's the beginning of the of the process of the of the hobby experience, all the way up until that card gets tucked away into its final resting place. And again, you can pull it out from time to time if it's not in, in the safety deposit box or offsite in a secure storage facility. 
I use all these things, you know, because some cards are worth more than others. But uh, and, you know, you just want to be careful. But yeah, they're starting to get to know me at the bank there because I come by and, I, you know, they've got a little room and I, I, I go in there for like a good 45 minutes. They're probably wondering, like, what is he doing in there? And it's like kind of swapping stuff out and I'm taking a few pictures and like, you know, it's a Saturday morning and there's no in the bank. So anyway. It was it was you that sent me pictures from the bank the other day, wasn't it? It was. I did. I I, I think I a couple. Yes, of 30. here they are. Oh, look at. Oh that's, yeah, that that's that's the uh, that's the satchel. Yeah, that's the satchel. That's the Bowman. So that's the same one that I have. So that's not the leaf card that you have the the reprint of. Right. No. Yeah. I've got actually two of those. I got a three oh. and a two. I, I, I'm I, the five looks really nice. <laughs> <laughs> trade a three and a two for a five i don't know probably um, oh yeah for sure you would i would think value wise that would make sense um i i i there's a couple of sellers at the national one of them his name is brady i don't know his last name and the other one's name is jeff they set up together at a booth called uh card oh gosh um it'll it'll come to me but these guys are like these guys have a ton of pre-war high grade everything all the all the biggest cards in the hobby and uh you know maybe not the honus wagner but everything else and i learned a lesson from these guys a lot many years ago which is you know buy the when you're buying a card you know a lot of people don't realize that there's weak sixes and strong sixes so buy the strong six buy the strong seven if you can and i've done that along the way so if i have a five it's a pretty nice five. Otherwise, I would have bought a six, right? But I'm happy with a very nice. I'd way rather have a beautiful five, a strong five than a weak six. I'd probably rather have a strong five than a weak seven. That's how I've governed myself over the years and built my collection. So I'm a big believer in strong for the great. I have cards in my inventory that are, say, a strong five. I will price it higher than I'll price a seven of the same card because I believe yep. it it's worthy of that extra value. And I don't care if the book says different or if comps say otherwise, or if PSA's completed sales say less. And someone says to me, well, how could you ask $3,000? The last one sold for $1,500. I'm like, okay, well, because look at the card. It's strong for the grade. And a lot of people kind of look at you and roll their eyes and that's fine. Eventually, you'll, maybe you'll you'll get there. But anyway, just the way I approach things. And, and I, I think that's a, an awesome approach. And I'll, I'll, I'll try and... I'll fool myself from time to time and try and go with the, maybe a, a different one, either like a, a, a cheaper one, or I'll get the, the OC qualifier with the PSA, you know, slab. And I'll be like, ah, uh, yeah, maybe I'm going to sell this. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, the, I, I think in line, it's not the exact same thing you were saying, but you know, going for like, this is the, this is the representation of this card I want in my collection. So I want it, I want it to feel right. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the, the right girl, you know, you're like, you, you, is she the one? Oh, that's the one. Yeah. 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 Matt. No, it, it's, you use the, the human analogy, but it's true. Like us, us hardcore collectors, like our cards are like our babies, you know, it's like, they really are, they really are important to us. It's, it's almost inexplainable. And sometimes it's, it seems irrational. Sometimes I look, I try and step outside and look back. I'm like, do I really love these pieces of cardboard as much as I do? Like, am I really putting so much time into these pieces of cardboard? And then I step back and I say, just like I said, what Chris McGill says, cards make my life better. They do.
I admit it. They do. End of story. Good enough. Okay, let's keep going. Joe, uh, sorry, did you ever check out the TriStar show? The TriStar show in San Francisco, Joe. You ever been to that? Shoo. You know, uh, my show days were literally back in the seventies in the Bay Area. So I, I did go to the Cow Palace. There might have been a, a TriStar show there, and but no, I I um I took a pretty long hiatus. Um, you know, when high school hit and, you know, kind of got interested in other stuff. So I collected from the time I was about, well, 1976, like out of packs. And then I started going to shows around 79 there. I grew up in Berkeley. So, uh, there was a card shop there by the name of Kings, Kings, uh, sports cards. And I would spend pretty much every afternoon in there, you know, looking at things. And this was long before grading and, um, I remember one day I, I I was a big Pete Rose fan. I'm not as big of a Pete Rose fan now, but I I had found a uh, a 53 mantle, like coffee stained mantle, and he had a a pretty nice uh, Pete Rose rookie, and I traded, and I was always kind of regretful of that. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I can't think of a, there was probably I've seen the TriStore ads, but I don't know if I've been to one. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the 53 Mantle because Colin Murray says 1953 tops look awesome. And I got to say, I agree. I think the 1953 tops Mantle in particular is nicer than the 52 tops Mantle. I just think it's a more vibrant image. And I love, absolutely love the Willie Mays in the 1953 tops. That to me is probably the nicest baseball card of all time. I mean, it's... Yeah, that I mean it's it's another high number and uh you gotta watch out for the touched up black on the borders, but yeah. Yeah, I, I love that one too. It's like you can you can feel the softness of the glove, you know. It's, yeah. And the mantle, this the red border on the mantle too on the fifty. I love the fifty-three tops baseball to me is probably my yeah, it's the nicest out there, I think, as well. Legion says 54 Bowman. I consider it one of, if not the best looking sets of all time. Your guys' thoughts? I can't picture it actually. Off the, I, I can't picture it. Uh, it's got the auto, the facsimile auto, and it's um, they are they are uh, pretty. They've got soft colors. The Williams, in particular, the Ted Williams, I think, is a, a short print of some nature. It's a it's a tough card. Um, I I got it now. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get too into those. I was kind of a fifty-five tops guy. I think oh, between yeah, yeah. the Kofax and the Clemente, second year Aaron, um, the the warmth. I mean, you're working with horizontal there, but you don't like the fifty-two, huh, Jerry? You're not. You're not. Oh, a no, I don't get me wrong. I like it. You do. Okay. I like it. I just think fifty. I think fifty-three is a nicer card. I think the fifty-three mantle. I don't know. I mean, the 52 is so iconic, but the 53, I just think, I just like the image better of him. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a 52 tops maze? No, I don't have a sing. I, I did it one time. I, I had a PSA three. I actually got it. I bought it wrong, got a grade. It came back a three. I sold it. Uh, I think that's probably the only 52 tops card I've ever had. So, so just on my mind right now with collecting is uh maze and Aaron in so much as, um, you know, God bless them. I'm not sure how much time they have left. Um, I think Mays might even be on the verge of, of blindness. I think he's, you know, 80 something. So anyway, not, not to be a, you know, a, a deaf, a deaf merchant, but um, being aware that there'll probably be a pretty significant, I mean, if not Mays and Aaron, you know, in terms of 
the fact that they're even still with us and their historical magnitude on the game, I think they're going to, you know, between autographs and, and, and just some of their, their prime issues, I think they're probably going to see an uptick in the next, you know, three to five years. Yeah. And though they fall into that category of guys that will never be forgotten, you know, exactly. maybe 200, 200 years from now, maybe, but bingo. Yeah. 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 All right, what else we got here? Chris asks, how do you two think a super retro set in a style like that would go over in today's market? I mean, Tops Heritage does it, or I believe. Um, I think it would go over great. I do. I think it would go over great. Let's keep going. Uh, he then says, 100% when this sh- stuff exploded, I started buying Mad Jordan Base 10 Skybox 91 for 100 bucks all day. Larry Doby, first black player in the American League. That's a big deal. That's yep. a big deal, but still not... It, it it that pales in comparison to being the first black player to break the barrier, which we remember Jackie Robinson as retro style, like those 49 leaf Bowman's. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, I mean, but we've seen stuff like it. I, there, I, I, I know in, in hockey, we had a, we had a set that looks just like the 49 uh, Bowman's or Leafs, I believe just came out not too long ago. Uh, I think it was a leaf product. Actually, it must've been a leaf product. Hockey 99, I'm, I am a Canadian. Should I create a business for tax purposes if selling on eBay? Well, if you want tax advice, I'd be happy to invoice you for my expertise uh, off camera, Hockey Hockey 99. Uh, but in all, you know, technically, you don't need to create a business because I think you mean create a corporation. You can run a business as a sole proprietor. I think the question is, should you be reporting your sales on your income tax return? The answer is, if you are buying and selling cards with the intention with the intention of generating a profit, then you are in fact run, doing business, which means you are in fact needing to report your profits to the, to the government and paying tax on those profits if your intention is to generate a profit. Uh, hockey, hockey, not looking to be a power seller. Doesn't matter. Legion says, my, and, and I, 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 I answer that question. I am a, I am a CA, CPA, and I practice tax uh, for over 15 years of my career. So I'm not just shooting from the hip. Legion says, my collection has value. Jeremy Lee, 2020 mild understatement. <laughs> Too funny. Uh, Deck says, agree about long-term legacy. I literally Google or goggle all-time great list and get the top 25 players only. People remember Kobe. But other offers like Tracy McGrady will be forgotten. 100% agree. I agree. I mean, generally forgotten. And we're talking way down the road, way down the road. Not yet. As long as these guys are alive and the fans of them are alive, they'll be remembered. But you know, we're talking about players that were playing in the 1910s, 1920s. We're 100 years later already. I'm talking, you got to think, you got to think that far down the road. That's what I'm talking about when I say we'll be forgotten. I'm literally thinking out 100 years. Uh, Babe Ruth is still often discussed. Those people discussing him haven't seen him play. And that's right. Cause he's a pioneer. He's a pioneer. He's an all time great. He's, he's, he candy bars What's that <laughs> candy bars, right? They, they made candy bars after him and he's bigger than the sport. That's the thing. Some of these people are bigger than the sport they play. It's like, everyone's heard of Mike Tyson. Everyone's heard of Mike Tyson. He'll never Muhammad Ali, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. These guys are never going to be forgotten, uh, you know, and and ever. Babe Ruth, well, Babe Ruth is maybe the biggest of all, of all these names we're talking about. 
Uh, what's this? Uh, no offense, man. I'm always in awe of some of the cards shown on this show. I don't be rude. He wasn't being rude. <laughs> wasn't being rude i knew you weren't being rude legion i knew you weren't what's up brother is that my man is that my man rich barone this must be my man rich barone my brother from another mother the mayor of canada from long island new york glad to see you my man i know it's you i just know it's you all right good stuff bottom of the comments Very so are you breaking any wax these days do you get boxes do you pull anything off a of panini or do anything just for fun Almost never, almost never, man. Um, I so <clears throat> I did buy a couple boxes at the at the LCS the other day at Eastridge Hobbies. I was in there right near me. I bought a couple boxes of this uh, Champions Path Pokemon. Oh, but, yeah. Okay. Which I've never bought a box of Pokemon before. Right. I bought it because it's a beautiful display box. Have you seen this thing? What, what it looks like? Oh, no. I'll, I'll grab. I'll grab it. It's right here. I mean, I know, I know the Pokemon art is uh, one of the main features, so it wouldn't surprise me that they have beautiful boxes. It's this thing. I mean, it's it's really a nice yeah play box. And I mean, you know, I bought it like I bought it because you know I'm dabbling in Pokemon, and yeah. uh, and there's a Charizard that might be in here that's worth that, that that's a nice Charizard. It's got value, and I thought, you know what, I'll just sit on it. I'm not going to open it. So that's a new release. That's like yeah, just brand new release, brand new release. And then I bought this box too because he, they brought it in. It's a it's an 0405 Upper Deck Series One hockey. Okay. The yeah. cool thing about this product is that it's got the the retro young guns or the the young gun whatever I forget what they're called. But there's a Gretzky young gun in here. There's an Iserman young gun in here. I mean, kind of cool. And just yeah. again, it, it wasn't expensive, so I just grabbed it as a as a. But again. I'm not going to open it. I don't think maybe one day, but no plans to. How many uh, Gretzky autos do you have? Or do you have any? I have a couple in my inventory in my personal collection. I probably have, I can think of two. Oh, 2001 or 0001 or 0102 premier upper deck premier. The first year premier came out. Uh, they did a nice autograph set and I, there's two Gretzky's in it on Oilers and a, and a Rangers card. And I, I have both of those. Yeah. Is he, I mean, we were talking about the parallels between the 79 Opeachy and the 86, 87 Jordan kind of like different is, is Gretzky's auto considered as um, tough to get as a Jordan auto or not even Gretzky yeah. signs a lot. Does lot. He? Yeah. Way more than Jordan. Not even a, it's night and day. It's, it's, um, it's too bad. There's a lot. You can get a You can get a Gretzky. You can get a really nice Gretzky autograph for 300 bucks nice oh well yeah get a really nice jordan auto is going to cost you what 10 grand now like it's uh, yeah i mean a really nice one yeah yeah i think you can you can kind of slide in for a grand for like a sticker that might you know be a little off and whatnot i i'm kind of i'm kind of that's that's been something i've been dabbling in is lebron and and uh just autos of Hall of Famers, um, particularly if I can find them on card, uh, you know, and a, and a good graph. I mean, getting back to aesthetics in the same way that you want to think about a particular card and what it looks like. An auto can can have different iterations. I really appreciated the the auto expert you had on. I don't recall his name, but 
Um, you've had two, actually. I, I remember there was one even in the past. Maybe it was the same dude. I don't know if, if he came on twice. Um, but yeah, that any information I can get about autographs and signing tendencies and authenticity, I find that pretty fascinating. Yeah. Well, you're talking about had Steve Grad, who's uh, the the lead authenticator of Beckett Authentication Services, the guy from Pawn Stars, and then I had on just recently was Joel Alpert, who is an autograph guy as yeah. well. Yeah. Those are both both fun episodes. Okay. A couple comments I want to run through here. Uh, yeah, Paul confirms it is the mayor of Canada in the house. Chris says my collection is worth at least 800 palfies. I'll, I'll confirm that it is worth at least 800 palfies. Um, Colin gives some advice. Definitely register as a business. If you are a seller, write off collections, you buy eBay fees, grading fees. Yep. You get to take expenses. Rich wants me to rip it. I'm not going to rip it rich, but rich is the mayor. Sorry, mayor. Not going to rip it. Chris, more like a thousand Palfies PSA 10s. Yep, at least a thousand PSA 10 Palfies, fellas. Chris says uh, there's also the 9697 Upper Deck Jersey Tributes in that Jeremy. Oh, I didn't realize those were in there too. That's kind of cool. Thank you for that, Chris. Really cool. Yes, Rich, I still want your Gretzky. I always want your Gretzky. Name. Oh, I love Premier 0102. Super nice, but 0304 is my favorite. I hear you, dude. I hear you very much. Jordan hates people, I think. <laughs> <laughs> magic johnson signs all the time my local memorabilia place always does a signing of him every year yeah i i don't doubt it um my brother uh my brother actually represents magic johnson uh for his autographs oh wow my brother's in the business yeah and uh magic johnson exclusively signs um for for my brother yeah leave huh. that at that for now Rich Barone, 500 Gretzky's for one Jordan. Sounds like about the right ratio. Yes. But, but back to you, Dex. I'm wondering, uh, who is your local um, memorabilia place? Are, are you in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona? But if not, maybe my brother just sends magic out there. Anyway, enough about that. Legion says, UD doesn't include Jordan autos in Goodwin. Gretzky is in there. Hmm. Do they not ever do Jordan in Goodwin? Ever? They have in the past, I think. But maybe not this past year. But... Curious about the uh, kind of the timeline on that, Legion. That blows my mind. Magic Johnson would make an appearance at a memorabilia show. He's a billionaire. <laughs> well, hey, he's got he's got to do something with his time, right? Uh, what do you think is the toughest auto? Well, you'd know that, Rich. What sport? What sport? You tell us because I know you know. I know you know. Dexflow says, I own a Jordan signed jersey uday authentication but it's valued less because it's on a wizard's jersey instead of well yeah very few people want that wizard's jersey i have to think he's he's known as a bull don't think people really care about the the uh the wizard's uh period of his career oc dugout near angel stadium okay cool and legion says yes i meant this year on good yeah yeah i guess they didn't put him in there you know those jordan autos when they the amount that they get every year at upper deck they need to very carefully allocate them out is is my understanding and make sure that they spend them wisely i guess you could say cool i was appreciative of the point you made with chris um not only you know the last dance but but kobe's passing and and kind of how the that that whole trajectory really was a bit of the the upwelling of everything i mean i I, I'm sure I wasn't alone. I mean, just reckoning Kobe's passing in such a sudden, you know, and, and in hindsight now with everything that's happened with COVID, it's like, God, what a, what a year. But like going back to that moment um, 
you know, in speaking, I, I, that, that precipitated in me. I mean, I was, I had a couple Kobe autos and I, I immediately wanted to try and get more Kobe autos just to have some form of connection with him. And what was interesting about that, it was the immediate spike, a little bit of a decline and now a gradual re re up. And, you know, we were sort of talking about the patterns and the, the cycles, if you will, of, of the way these things work. But I think, I think Kobe and, and, um, you know, the whole, the whole situation, I mean, you know, now you got LeBron there bringing a legacy again to the Lakers and, and you mentioned magic. So it's, it's an interesting time with that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when the, when Kobe died, his, his, and I know just cause I have in my collection his PSA 10, uh, tops Chrome card. Ooh. I mean, I think I bought that thing for $900 and mm. when I, when, before he died, it was doing like 2000 to 2,500, he died. There were some sales as high as like $8,000 and then it settled down to five. And then it came back down to about 3,500, still better than the 2,500 it was the day before he died. And then the COVID thing happened. And now it's like 10 to $15,000. Right. I was going to say, isn't it at least five? Yeah. T- I mean, t- 10, 10,000, five figures. Yeah. Yeah. It's at least five. It's at least 10,000 now. Yeah. And it moves, you know, it changes every day. There's a card or two sold just about every day, but yeah. Funny day, but almost. Somebody posted and who knows if this was real, but somebody posted like, you know, my dad had these amazing Kobe cards and it was a, a rookie Chrome refractor and everybody was giving him advice. Like, should I grade these? And people were like, take it directly to, you know, PSA, like don't screw around with this, get a hotel. Um, goodness knows what the refractor, you know, graded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a huge, the refractor, man, I only wish I would have bought a PSA 10 refractor for 5,000 when I had the chance, you know, man, crazy. What, what's going on with some of these modernish cards, shoeless Joe Jackson's are tough. No doubt. Tiger Jordan welcomes his magic thrives off of fan adoration. So loves doing appearances like signings. Well, yeah, man, whatever makes you happy. Right. I like this. Jordan wizards are like Montana chiefs. <laughs> Nobody really cares. Right. Rich, okay. The mayor tells us what's tough. Kid Nichols in basketball football. It's Brian Piccolo and basketball. Naismith. Who is the toughest auto in hockey? You know what? It's either it's like either um, George Vezina or someone like that. There's, I think it's Vezina actually that is like known as the toughest uh, kind of, you know, old old timer in my from my recollection. But there's also a Cyclone Taylor might be a real tough one as well. Uh, there's a couple that I know are really tough where there's like one or two known in existence type of thing. Dex says, yeah, the Kobe PSA 10 Chrome is out of my price range now. Yeah, I'm glad I got in when I did on that. I, I got in on the LeBron for like a thousand bucks too. Now it's, you know, in that $10,000 plus range. Same with my Michael Jordan. Bought that for a thousand, under a thousand bucks, but I bought it like 12 years ago. So, you know, if you were, if you were buying good cards in the, in the 2000s, you're, you're sitting pretty right now. If you're, if you bought, you know, quality pieces for sure. That's the end of the comments, Joe. We're at an hour 20, longer than I was thinking we'd go. But uh, unless we have any other questions or comments, anything else you want to say, Joe, I'm, I'm about ready to wrap it up. What do you think? I appreciate uh, every bit of your uh, time and, and your, your listeners are always, you know, so thoughtful. It feels like a, a community, you know, the familiar names, you know, the 
legions and Paul Cashman's people I don't even know. So I, I hope someday maybe we'll all, you know, be able to, you know, tip a beer together and uh, be in proximity. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, I appreciate being on the show and, and always learn and, and enjoy the, the process of, you know, communing because for me, for a long time, I was a very isolated collector. I didn't get into the social media stuff until just recently. And, uh, you know, seeing, you know, being able to connect with collectors has, has been uh, a real invigorating aspect of the hobby for me. Um, so yeah, just very appreciative and, and, uh, enjoy looking forward. What's, what's on Wednesday night? What do we got coming up Wednesday? I got nothing planned for Wednesday night for the, so here, here's the upcoming episode. I do what? Jeremy? I mean, come on now. I know, man, I've got nothing planned until the 18th. And the reason is, is, uh, this week on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I've got some professional training that I'm doing. Okay. And so I just didn't book anything for the night before and it's actually going Saturday as well. So I booked not, nothing on Saturday night. All that said, I well, might decide to do a very last minute episode on Wednesday. If I have nothing else kind of going on, I might just do something anyway. We'll see. But right yeah. now, nothing planned. First, you know, first time ever. I've taken some time off of Sports Cards Live. Kind of looking forward to it, to be honest, because it's a, you know, while I love doing this, I absolutely love it. I think everyone can tell it. it it is a lot of work and a lot of time and um, it's time well spent and work well done. But um, you know, again, I might just take a few, a uh, couple of days off here, but again, the, the, the calendar is pretty much full up until the middle of December. And then I'll have to start, uh, you know, hunting for, for more guests and all that. Um, but you know, I got, I got, I got some logs in the fire type of thing. So it'll, it'll happen. We got some more. Con- wow. We're getting, we're getting actual tips here. Holy moly. I, I, Thank you, guys. Uh, Dex, Dex hit me with a $5. Wow, man. I, I This is like the coolest thing ever. Thank you, Dex. Much appreciated. Carlos, good to see you still. Good job, guys. Fun to listen while grabbing a snack. And I, so here you go, Joe. Tomorrow night, more of Jeremy. I'll be on with Carlos at uh, 6.30 Pacific, which is your time. 7.30 mine, 9.30 his time. Okay. So we'll be doing we'll be doing an episode of Because I'm Carlos, which should be a nice another nice relaxing uh, hobby talk episode. So tune in if you all can and drop your comments in there and make sure you're subscribed to Carlos's channel. I Terry love says, Carlos is awesome. He's yeah, he's so fun. I feel like I've known him, but I don't know him. But uh, right? he's one of those guys you just kind of like, oh, I know a Carlos, or I know Carlos. <laughs> well, you know what, Joe? Like you were saying, hoping we can tip a beer together one day. I think we have to. A lot of these people that are in here, we have to make sure that we, you know, make it a priority to get to the national next year in in Chicago. Okay, best place for it. It's the most central. It's easiest for me to get to. I'll be there for sure if it's on. So you know, start put it. Got people start putting that in their calendar and try and come out. I really hope uh, more and more people do. Uh, Terry, cards to show. not a lot like the well i showed this this is this i got in my uh mayor if you're still watching what do you think of this card i got this in my beckett industry summit swag box which is josh allen one of one the full bulls logo like this card is just phenomenal i'm super stoked to add that um got a nice ronald reagan card here also from the industry summit this is it it's comes in this package it's called a word from the president of the united states i guess you could have gotten 
uh, Lincoln, uh, JFK. Um, who else do they say here? George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. Could have gotten those. I got a Ronald Reagan card. And it's actually kind of cool. It's called the word from the president. And it's literally a word. And the word is cottage. And it says on the back, it says, this authentic handwritten word comes from a letter Ronald Reagan wrote in 1953. The letter was reviewed and authenticated by Beckett Authentication Services, who is my number. You know, I trust them more than any other authenticator because I know Steve Grad personally and believe him to be the best in the business, along with partners Brian Sobrero and others there. And um, so anyway, this is kind of neat. You know, don't know what I'm going to do with it, but, uh, you know, Reagan was a president while I was alive. So that's kind of neat and a well-liked president. So kind of cool. Otherwise, I got this stack of cards that are recent, but I think I showed these all already. I'm pretty sure I did. I might not have shown this Crosby Cup uh, base patch parallel out of eight to my hoard of those cards. Goes along with uh, three others here. You'll like this, Terry. I got the Gretzky from 1011. Which I've shown, I believe, on a previous episode, and then also a Jerome Ginla and a Luke Robitaille, all from different years. But I love those cards from all the years. Otherwise, oh Terry, you'll like this. I bought this raw the other day. Ooh. So what's the tip for making sure it's real? That's because I, I I've seen some some raw ones on eBay, but I'm I don't trust myself to know how to distinguish. So, I mean, the, you know, the common, first of all, there's, if you look at a lot, this is the first thing people point to is that yellow dot on the shoulder there. Mm -hmm. That's like a printing fly, I believe. Like there was a, you know, speck in there. Otherwise, you know what, Joe, for me, it's like, you just know <laughs> there are things, but you know, it's the cardstock, it's the print. Really, if you get out your loop and you look at the, you look at the letters, Edmonton Oilers, you look at all the black, the thin black lines, and you make sure that they're solid and they're not like dot matrix type of thing. Right. That's what I look for. I look at the cardstock itself, you know, smell, smell the card, believe it or not, you know, smell the card. Looking for it. Laugh, but it, it's true. And then if a card is off centered like this, yeah, it's probably going to be real. A good, a good sign. Yeah. A sign. I also, is it, mostly, is it mostly that left, right centering shift that's way, way left? Most uh, often, yeah. Most yeah. often it is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I also keep, I have four fake Gretzky rookies. They're all different that I that I have. I take mm -hmm. them to card shows with me, mostly to show people what to look for, to help educate on fake Gretzkys. But once you see enough of them, you kind of know. Like I can pretty much look at one now and just know because I've looked and I've, I've been through so many of these. Um, that you just, you just know. I yeah. Think 86, 87 Lear Jordan is a little bit like that. The card stock, it's just, it's pretty obvious with, with what you're working with. I got yeah. one thing in the mail today. Um, yeah, let's see it. I'm not super proud of it. Uh, but it, it, it's apropos of a couple things we talked about the SGC label and then also, um, the 52 May. Yeah. One it's, sec. What? Yeah. Okay. No, just before you do, I just want to, I just want to do this very quickly. I just want to say to Rich. Be, be well to you, my two. And then I want to say Legion, Legion hit me with a, with a, with a financial tip, which I, you know, that's just, I mean, the reason I, it's like the money doesn't matter. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it's the fact that you guys are willing to, uh, to do that, 
just tells me how much you like the show and that's what I appreciate the most. So thank you guys. Um, okay. Sorry about that, Joe. Let's see what you got. Yeah. So like I said, I've been kind of focusing on Willie Mays lately. Um, and, uh, I have, I have, a, I think I have at least one 52 Mays, but this one came up and it's, I'm pretty sure trimmed. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, Ooh. SGC, there's no creases in it. I believe it's probably just slightly trimmed up here, Yeah, but it's, you know, it's a legit maze 52 high number. Oops. God, this is hard. Um, there we go. And uh, good stock, you know, it gets the a uh, for authentic, but in any case, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I've got mixed feelings about it, but the price was, it, it, I put on a low um, best offer and the seller accepted it. And I'll, you know, I'm, I've already got a couple legit ones, but nothing that's as clean as that. So it's an addition. Man, don't, I would be proud of it. I've been very tempted to buy authentic car, trimmed cards before, especially that kind of like the 52 tops mantle, man, if you can give me a clean looking PSA authentic, trimmed mantle that has no surface damage good color good print quality no creases i mean man i'll pay decent money for that card i'd rather have that than a, a, a dirty psa3 of the card that would cost three times as much i mean yeah yeah you know, sometimes it's about owning the card in a way that looks good even if it's trimmed it's still authentic it's not the worst thing in the world i don't think i i I tend to agree with you. There's always like some little sheepishness, but it's, it's almost better that it's, it's noted as, you know, authentic. So I'm not, I'm not trying to fool you. It's actually for my own edification and personal collection. So still a beautiful card, man, a beautiful card. I'd be very proud of it. I'd be very proud of that card. I I love it. I mean, I would own that card. Easy, easy. Let's run through some comments. Dexflow, nice legion with a tip. This guy is great content. Yeah. Thank you guys. That's uh. I don't know, man. It's just so weird to. Anyway, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dex. Really nice of you. Do a Pokemon break? No. You too, Dex. Dex, I had a long drive and literally listened to his Joe Grad uh, episode interview. Joe, uh, Steve Grad, maybe, maybe Steve Grad. But thank you, Dex. Oh, that might was that the first time you heard of the show? If it is, thank you very much, Carlos. I appreciate the feedback. I'll let the actor who plays Carlos know you approve. The scriptwriters have been working overtime, Carlos. Funny guy. Legion, kind of glad it skipped. Carlos, tell him to turn it up a little. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of glad it skipped Atlantic City, not going to lie. Me too, Legion. I'm with you. Kind of glad it skipped Atlantic City, although they just booked it for 2022, I believe, because Cleveland got canceled. I will buy first rounds in Chicago. Can't wait, Richie. Can't wait. Yeah, Rich likes his dead presidents. Uh, He likes his dead cuts, I should say. Rich collects autographs of uh, deceased players. Buffalo patch will be mine. Will it, Rich? Will it? Okay. Well, hey, at least I have something you want. Thank you, Terry. Show some Islanders. I got nothing to show you right now, Richie. No Islanders to show. If I had a Babe Ruth Ricky card, I would be scared to send it to anyone for grading. Yeah, that's why you buy it graded already, maybe. And with a card like that, you kind of want to buy it graded, I would think. Tiger Jordan, much appreciated. Hoping can make Chicago. Hoping you can too. Colors are nice on that card, says Legion. I think that's your uh, your maze, man, which was uh, – yeah, let's see it again. I want to see it again. I just yeah. – It's the registration that's uh, – yeah. I mean, having seen a few of these. And, I mean, I would kind of like if it wasn't uh, – sorry, I keep moving it. Let's see if that's, Best uh, way to show it to the camera, Joe, is uh, tilt the top 
keep it straight on. Tilt tilt the top towards the screen. I find towards the screen. Okay. Yeah. Now straighten it out. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm getting this. Not really working. Too angle. much glare. That's okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty good registration, and you know, you and I have talked about registration and centering as pretty important ingredients to overall aesthetic. Registration to me is like maybe number one. Nothing yeah. I dislike more than a blurry card. I, I I have no interest in blurry cards. Good call. Eye appeal is key, right there. Tiger Jordan agrees with us, right? Agrees with us. Dex confirms. Yep. Steve Grad found your show through personal finance dad. Hey, that's wicked. He's a great dude. Dustin, awesome. Dustin's just such a an easy guy to watch and listen to his episodes. He's just one of the nice guys out there. And then Name says, "What? Okay, this is going to be the last question because we are going late." Name says. What's your favorite card in your collection, Joe? Don't got to show it if it's not handy. Let's hear it. Wow. Yeah, Thank you for question. That, that question name. And I'm I'm pretty sure it's probably in the vault. Um, so I have I have a signed 54 Aaron. Um, you know, it's an ink, it's a ballpoint ink sign, but I'm not sure it's that. I also have a, a Larry Doby. I believe it's the 49 Bowman that we were talking about. That's best wishes, Larry Doby in auto PSA DNA. I don't know. Gosh, you got, you put me on the spot here. You know, I'm uh, the, the honestly that, that satchel page that, that you were showing earlier, that issue. I don't know. There's some, something about that card. There's also um, a card that I'm extremely fond of that, other people probably wouldn't know, but it's um, it's an American Carmel 1911 Rue Boidel. It's just got this amazing um, green background, you know, Rue Boidel, pitcher, Hall of Famer. Um, I, for whatever reason, I, I think I've got like a three, a PSA three in that. And it's it's a it's not all that valuable, but it's just one of those cards that I just go, that's that's sports Americana. So anyway. Yeah. The thing about the the late forties leaf and Bowman cards is the simplicity and the vibrant colors. I that's what I love about those. You mentioned the American caramel card. I have one American caramel card in my collection because, you know, like most of us, I'll never own a Tito six Honus Wagner. <laughs> but I ha but I I had an opportunity to to buy. The, I'll show and I know if Terry's still watching, wants to see more cards. Uh, I don't mind showing. Uh, I I picked this card up several years ago. Oh yeah. It's, That's an, it's an it's a 1910 American Caramel Honus Wagner, of course, and I like this. I like it better than the T206. I like the blue better than the orange, and I think that even the picture of his face is just kind of it's just like more. I don't know. I just like it more. What's the grade on that? Two. Two. God, that's a beautiful two. It's two. got some like staining in the bottom corner there. It's tough yeah. to see, but uh, but it does. Yeah. Looks but yeah, a, a like decent. A four i mean yeah beautiful wow the blue it's like people are talking about blue lucas you know you're talking yeah. about blue honus <laughs> how about a blue honus wagner from 110 years ago yeah that's a that's a, a wicked wicked card again it's like i'll never oh there's terry chiming in with the very nice thank you terry i thought you'd appreciate that yeah it's a again you're not it's one of these situations where you know if you if and I recommend this to anybody. If you're never going to own a Wayne Gretzky rookie card, that's fine. Buy a different Wayne Gretzky card if you want. Buy a second year. Buy buy the Topps card instead of the Opeachy. The Topps card looks, you know, it's the exact same card except for card stock. Like it's, 
I don't know. You you convinced me in the OPG. I, I feel like I need, if it's hockey, I need Canadian. I, I, I don't want to mess around. If it's my only hockey card at this point, I want the OPG. But I hear you. Yeah. I know what you're no, saying. And, and I support that. And I still, that's still my position. But if you can't afford it, you know, yeah. if, if, if yeah. you can't, or if you know, if you, if you're not willing to go, you know, six or lower, you need a seven, but you can't afford the OPG, get the top seven. It's still a wonderful card. That, that's all I'm saying with that. But yeah. Yep. Thank you, fellow five ball. Much appreciated. Chris, I started looking at registration on cards since hearing Jeremy talk about it many shows ago. Amazing how bad some of them are. Yeah. It's, it's the one, it's one of the grading criteria that people just do not pay enough attention to. I don't know if they just don't realize that it's even a factor or that it can be good or bad this is uh was it was it name that asked uh one of my favorite cards yeah so this is duke kahanamaku and uh name probably knows who this guy is he's a, a hawaiian um he was an olympic swimmer and he's also a very uh well-known surfer uh anybody that's been to you know kind of the Waikiki and or you know any any place in Hawaii du the Duke this this is a, a more recent one I have a I think my best is a four I've got three of these and uh, these sports kings they're they're pretty awesome um, I, again it's like favorite my favorite probably changes you know day to day like which one's my favorite today <laughs> you know what I just want to throw this up there quick in case he's still here Chris uh, Noel says thanks guys good night Jeremy you have a new fan like man that's just you know thanks man I, I that's wicked. Again, more motivation to keep going and not stop in this this uh, sports cards live uh, thing that we're doing here. So thank you so much for that. Uh, much appreciated. Um, you were talking about the that card you just showed. There was something else I wanted to say, and now it it it's it uh, skipped my mind. I which okay. So so I'm because of that. I'm going to keep on going through some of this, and I think it had to do with the registration thing, but it'll come back to me. Uh, thank you, Terry Legion. Sometimes a card just speaks to you. Love it. Yeah, exactly. Make me an offer. Yeah, because Rich Brown actually has a T206 Wagner. Yeah, he does. He does. Yes. An offer. I'll make you an offer, Rich. $10,000. There's your offer. <laughs> Rich, you can have all my Islanders. Duke, I was born in Hawaii. There you go. There you go. Sick card. Yeah. Do you have a 38 DiMaggio? I do. I do have a 38 DiMaggio. I, uh, yes, yes, I do. Cause I'm just making sure you're talking about the, yeah, the 38 Audi. Or no, that's the, uh, right, right. That's my 38 DiMaggio. It's a, a, I bought this, I bought this from the guys I was telling you about at National that, that only buy the, you know, the best of the grade. So this is a very strong five. Yeah, yeah. And it's the, it's the card 250, not the 279. I think it's, I think it's 279 that has all the, all the like the, the little doodles on it and i like the cleaner version for my for myself this is a uh, hank greenberg uh, ungraded it's got some paper loss up by his hat but i i had one of those dimaggios i i sold it like i don't know years ago i i think i got a 41 play ball dimaggio that's pretty sweet or, yeah. or that but that's that that one you have what what was the grade on yours it's a five Ooh. That's no joke. That's no, no joke. It's a great card. Yeah. They have, they have the two versions, the 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 Puro and then the one with like a few little comments on the side. Yeah. I was just saying that when you were grabbing that. Yeah, this the the one I have is a card 250, no doodles. The, okay. I think it's 279 has the doodles and I just wanted the cleaner copy. I was I I kind of had to think about that long and hard to decide which one I wanted and 
I wanted the clean one. You talk about 41 play ball. I have the, the Pee Wee Reese. I, oh, love yeah. this. I love the Pee Wee Reese card. Yeah. It's handy to have all your cards <laughs> scanned and on, on your phone in your Dropbox. Uh, name says, really cool card. Thanks for sharing. Rich says, you need your own card. That'd be cool. Got to, uh, I'll admit that. If any card company ever wants to put me in their card set, it would be a dream come true. Let's face it. I'll, I'll, I'll readily admit to that. Hockey Hockey, would you trade your entire collection for the T206? If you're asking me, absolutely not. I, absolutely not. I wouldn't even trade a, a portion of my collection for it. I mean, unless I was going to sell it, take the money and buy my collection back. But that, I think, defeats the purpose. And the time. I mean, the time that it would take to recreate what you've yeah. done with the collection. I mean, I don't know. Any given, it depends on life circumstances, obviously. But yeah, the the, the massaging of, you know, your various um you know elements of the collection it would be it's it's not even a, it, it i'm not even tempted in the least i i not even tempted in the least i wouldn't even I, yeah no but but in, in, a, a fun question to ponder still a fun question yeah. to ponder chris says you have any interest do you have any of the blast from the past gretzky reprints jeremy there's a chrome refract yes i have the non-refractor version i have the whole set actually of the blast from the prep from the past all 10 cards or whatever it is um and I, I i collected them and i had them psa graded and i think the gretzky came back in nine but the gordy Howes, I, I believe at 10 and so is my bobby hall my like probably got like seven nines and three tens or something like that when i got them graded dex flow damn jeremy has monsters in his collection i, I got a couple monsters dex i got a couple monsters Legion, Jeremy Lee, Otto, Allen, and Ginter, 2021. Let's upset the baseball guys. Yeah, they're like, who the heck is this? That would be a dream come true, I got to say. I got to say. Would it be on card or would it be a sticker? You know, that would be the question. Oh, I would only do on card autos. Only on card for for my fans. (laughs) That's so funny to say. T206 means nothing to me. Only stands out because people value it. Yeah, same here. When I picked up the Honus Wagner was because – no, let let me retract. The T206 – is probably like the most widely collected vintage pre-war set, right? There's so many people that love it. I think the problem with it is that a lot of those people are dying, just to be blunt. And it's it's I think it's going to lose some of its luster over time. But maybe some young people will take it on and really, really, uh, you know, covet that set. When I picked up the Wagner American Caramel, it, I picked it up because, number one, it's a cool card. You know, I, I collect Hall of Fame rookies. Um Maybe it's not a rookie, but I don't, you know, some, I do make exceptions to that. And, and again, it's like, he's still from the first hall of fame class. He's a pioneer of the game. He's not a no name hall. Like in hockey, the rarest kind of card is this Burt Corbo from 1923 Patterson. It's like the guy was, he was like a, he had a cup of coffee in the, in the NHL kind of player, but a lot of people think this is the most valuable and important hockey card. I'm like, it doesn't even register for me. It doesn't even register on the important scale. It's like, it's a, it's like, I don't, I don't even want it. I have no interest in the Burt Corbo, but the, but the T206, and it's got a similar story to the, to the Honus. Oh, the Honus was not there because he didn't want to be associated with cigarettes or he wanted to get paid, whichever story is true. The mm-hmm. Corbo was the was the card that was short printed so that you all the kids couldn't collect the set send them in for the premium product whatever it was a bicycle or a pair of skates and get them get it back so it was intentionally short printed but the guys in nobody if you would have made the Howie Morenz or the King Clancy or the Oral Joliot the short print now you're talking right but 
Anyway, sorry, yeah. a little rant. I'd never understood the desire for that card. What year did you get into the Blue Honus? I probably bought that. <clears throat> I don't know. I got to be, it's not that long ago. That was probably 2012, 13, 14 in there. Yeah, probably in there. Joe Malone. Joe Malone's got a rookie card in the same set as the uh, as the George Vezina, the C55. I, I have the Joe Malone as well. Bought that probably in 2008, seven or eight, and a PSA 5, I believe. Anyway, it's, all, it's a lot of fun to talk about the cards I have, but we don't need to revisit everything there. Wagner wanted to get paid. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's one of the theories. And Rich, are we like, is, is that the, is that what it wasn't that he didn't want to be? So, and it's actually the other, the competing theory is that he didn't want to be associated with cigarette smoking and kids. I love it, Joe. Thanks for putting on the, the Canadian hat. But uh, it's hard to think that anyone in 1909 would have cared about cigarettes and smoking and kids. It's like cigarettes were not known as being unhealthy back then. So I, I, I would lean to what Rich is saying. It's probably that he wanted to get paid for his image. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, that makes more sense to me than the smoking thing. But who knows? All right, guy. Man, we're like an hour past where I thought we'd get, but this is fun. Joe, you're, you're an awesome co-host for uh, for after hours. So really appreciate you uh, volunteering to come on and being ready to ready and willing and able, man. This has been a lot of fun. I can't wait till I get down to Santa Cruz next time, whenever it may be. Definitely come check, come uh, tip a beer with you then. How often does Joe get stopped on the street with someone thinking he's Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yeah, right? Uh. Who's that guy on X Files? That's who I get more confused with. Mulder. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know. I can't think of his name right now, but yeah, I could see that too. But uh, yeah, I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers in Santa Cruz, like back in the '80s, and you know, Flea was doing what Flea does with socks and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wear, wear, wearing them is the only piece of clothing, right? Yeah. yeah. I saw them. I went to. Uh, Oh, I went to I went to the first I think it was the first Lollapalooza in Chicago in 1993, and they were there as well. And what a oh what a show! Pearl Jam was there, and Soundgarden. Everyone was there. What a show! That David Duchovny. Thank you, Chris. Um, what what a what a show that was! Oh man, what a what a year! Paul Cashman, 1909. The kids were probably smoking. Yeah, right for sure. Okay, guys, we got to call it. I'm tired. Yeah, about Yosemite. Hit me up if you're in the area for sure, Legion, for sure. Or you think he's talking to you though, Joe? Yeah, yeah, Yosemite. Well, the fires have died down, so you know maybe we can yeah, get. Thankfully, thankfully. Yeah, what a year! Okay, Crazy. We're time. gonna we're gonna call it. I, I'm tired. Uh, my voice is going, but this has been fun, Joe. Awesome co-host. Thanks for joining me, everybody out there. Thank you for joining. Thanks, guys, that sent the uh, the tips my way. Uh, uh, Legion here and uh, Dax, we greatly appreciate that, guys. The the gesture is 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 not uh, not missed by me at all. I really appreciate it, fellas, and um, and everyone else for joining and the comments and name. Great to see you, buddy. Glad the show is going strong. Thank you, man. Still having fun with it. And uh, so anyway, I'll be back soon. Maybe not this week ahead, but uh, definitely be up. If you're not joined into the Facebook group, the Sports Cards Live Facebook group, join there because I'll kind of keep people posted there as well if you want to know what's going on and when the next episode will be. But um, again, uh, there is the next show is booked for November the 18th. I may do a surprise show on Wednesday if I'm uh, if I'm really up for it and uh, not studying for my training that I have coming up at the end of the week. So Joe, hang tight right there for one minute while we end this. Everyone else, Thank you for joining Legion. That's a big one, man. That's a big one. Nine.
nine. That might be a record. I don't know if anyone's ever got nine nine hand claps from Legion. That's a that's a big deal, and I know it's a big deal. So thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Colin, great to see you. Thank you for joining. We'll see you at the uh, and babe, everybody, make sure you are guys are coming to the Sport Card Expo, November 21-22. Go to that website. I do believe admission is free, and that's gonna be a fun weekend. I'll be streaming the whole time at my booth, selling cards and just chit-chatting. We can get like 10 people in the room at the at a time. So that'll be a lot of fun. Paul, good night to you. Thank you for joining as always. All right, man. I'm I'm ending it. Good night, everybody. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.